What's up, everybody? It's Luke Munger with Dogman.com, joined as always by intern extraordinaire Jack McCauley. Uh, Jack, this is our second game preview, but it will be just the first Husky game of the year. Uh, how are you doing today? Man, I mean, we got an alter, alter, or all pro intern cast right here, me and you. But uh, oh yeah, that man. I mean, dude, we're just getting screwed over though by COVID. Really, I mean. You think it can't? You think it can't get worse? And boom, something hits. Um, I know that that I feel Cal for, I feel I feel like for Cal because all things considered, Jimmy uh, or uh, I heard Tony talk about this last Saturday. But if this is the standard in the city of Berkeley, they may not. They may not get to play a game this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's so that's just horrible. You, I, I, that's just so sad for the program. But I mean, I really wanted some sweet revenge on that team, man. Oh yeah, I was I was looking forward to that, um, but so Washington obviously was looking to have a very tough Week One matchup against the California Golden Bears. That one canceled um, last week on Thursday due to COVID. Instead, the Huskies will be starting their season against the Oregon State uh, Beavers. Beavers lost by ten against Washington State. It never really looked that close. They did pull it in three towards the end. Basically, were you impressed with what you saw from the beefs? Uh, short answer, no. Um, not, not. I mean, not at all. I honestly thought they would, they could go in there and really uh, do well and win the game, but they, they were the exact opposite team from what I thought they were going to be. Um, I don't know about you, but I expected Jamar Jefferson to get thirty plus carries a game, or that game at least, because with Wazoo's defensive front has never been outstanding, and Jamar Jefferson is arguably one of the top backs in the Pac-12, and he. Only got the ball what twenty one times, um, carry or he carried the ball twenty one times. I I expected them to use their front their their offensive line and really just go after Je- use Jefferson, but man, just not what I expected at all. I know. I so I mean I, I'm sure you saw on Twitter, but I um I debuted Lukey's locks right for this <laughs> upcoming uh like I guess Pac twelve season, and I was three and one predicting not necessarily game outcomes, but with the spread. Um, and my, the one that I got wrong was Beavs minus three. I thought that the Beavs could come out. Um, obviously, Jonathan Smith almost got the Beavs last year towards the end of the – or almost got the Cougs towards the end of last year. I thought although the Beavs were also replacing a quarterback, the Cougs had a new head coach, a new quarterback. Max Borgie didn't play. I thought things were looking like it could be a Beaver victory. Obviously, it did not end up being the case. Nevertheless, uh, we're giving you here our game preview once again uh, in podcast and written form. Jack, uh, just start, if you want to, a brief overview of what you saw on Saturday and just in general what this uh, Oregon State Jonathan Smith offense brings to the table. Yeah, uh, honestly, I thought it was really ugly for Oregon State um, this year. Uh, I mean, statistically, it doesn't look as bad as it was on film, honestly. Uh, Tristan Gebbia, Jr. out of Calabasas, uh, was the guy who lined up under center for the Beavers, uh, taking over uh, senior standout Jake Luton last year. Actually had a good start with the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend, but um, yeah, Gebbia um, did not look good at all. I mean, he threw the ball 48 times, and 34 completions, not that bad, but just like his natural feeling under center, um, did not look good. His balls just were not, not a lot of speed on him. Um, his progressions weren't as smooth as I thought they would be, uh, really looked panicked and frantic, even when he was, uh, not under pressure as much. 
uh, made one good touchdown on a play action to wide receiver Trevon uh, Bradford in the se- uh, second quarter mm-hmm. there. But other than that, it uh, it was not a great looking game uh, for him. Jefferson looked outstanding, but you know that's what, what you what you expect though from him. Uh, Gebbia though, I uh, did not look like a Pac-12 quarterback. Yeah, so obviously, like you said, uh, Jamar Jefferson looked fantastic. The Beavs for the past couple of years have not only had Jamar Jefferson, but Artavis Pierce, um, a really nice one-two punch at running back. Like you said, 48 pass attempts from Tristan in his debut as the starter for Oregon State. Uh, 21 attempts for Jamar Jefferson. Uh, I know that's a lot, but uh, do you think not having a second back has done anything to the Beavs' ability to run the ball? Uh, or it could be a reason that they ended up throwing the ball 48 times. Of course, they were behind the whole game as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of it, too. When you look at their other – like, when you just look at the box score in general and you're looking at who got carries, B.J. Baylor uh, and Jack Cos- or Coletto just were the two guys who had another carry outside of Jefferson, and it was kind of shocking. I honestly thought they'd use maybe Champ Flemings in some wildcat formations, mm-hmm. maybe end around stuff like that just because of the speed and athleticism he brings, but they didn't do any of that at all. Um, I think, I think Jefferson can tote the ball more than 21 times. I really think he can. He just is such a, he, he is a bell cow back. If I've ever seen one, I mean, 21 carries on the ground, 120 yards, such a solid day for him. Um, But yeah, like you said, no Artavius Pierce um, really hurts not having that second guy. And I think that's why they threw the ball 48 times. Maybe they're looking for some mismatches in the Washington State secondary because, you know, Oregon score, Oregon State did light up the scoreboard last year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I really – I'm I'm baffled at what they were trying to do because it didn't really look like they had some sort of game plan, plan set in place. And when Jefferson ran the ball, they were so explosive. I just – I really thought they should keep going back to him. Certainly. And you also mentioned Champ Fleming's. One thing, another reason, I I honestly thought that this Beaver offense coming into this year could be a force to be reckoned with. Obviously, a lot of that would depend on quarterback play. Uh, But you look at Jamar Jefferson, obviously a fantastic running back. Uh, And then you look at a pretty darn impressive receiving core. You mentioned Champ Flemings, Trayvon uh, Bradford as well. I was expecting Tyjon Lindsey to play quite a bit. Um, However, he didn't record a catch. Instead, it was Colby Taylor, but he had seven receptions for the Beavs. Uh, Tell me a little bit about this receiving core that Tristan uh, has at his disposal. Yeah, like I said, uh, uh, Gabby really did sp- spread the ball around. He had guys, uh, Bradford, seven catches, Colby Taylor with seven catches, uh, two more guys with five, Flemings with one, was one of them, and J- Jefferson the other. And then uh, Luke Musgrave, three, uh, Zaria Beeson, four. So, you know, they really did uh, spread the ball out a lot. And, you know, they do have talent. You know, Lindsey, Tyjon Lindsey, s- super talented, you know, was a four-star commit to Nebraska, uh, out of high school and then ultimately transferred to Oregon state. Um, and I think they really do have talent, but it, obviously it, you see, you know, quarterback play can make or break a receiving core in, uh, in a sense. And it looks like that Gebbia really just at first, I mean, obviously first instinct was he just doesn't have the stuff to get it to his guys. Um, Cause a lot of their routes that uh, Bradford Taylor Flemings, you know, were all running. were just, you know, shore over the top, maybe a curl route, uh, out routes, just something that nothing over the top of the defense, which is good for the Washington secondary in the sense, because it looks like they won't based off last game. doesn't seem like they'll be testing them that much. 
Yeah. Well, and then another thing I wanted to mention. So Jimmy Lake on uh, Monday mentioned that one thing that Tristan Gebbia brings to the table that Jake Luton did not is that he is a premium athlete. He's capable of running the ball. Um, if you look at the box score, and obviously this factors in sacks and stuff, but he carried the ball seven times uh, for a loss of four yards. His long was eight yards. And what I saw, I mean, from what I watched in that game, there'd be a few times. It, it seemed like the Beavs would often only rush three or four, send uh, seven or eight guys back into uh, coverage. And when nothing was open, he would try to step up in the pocket and end up just getting hammered by somebody yeah. behind the line, like yeah. just like running into a brick wall. Um, what do you see like in terms of his legs being a factor? And how do you think Washington will, I guess, prepare for a guy who I guess has that facet, although he w- wasn't able to put it on full display? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and it, I think, you know, it is interesting because, you know, like you said, he is an elite athlete and, you know, Luton just is – lot far, farther from that you know bigger pro style quarterback um can't really move but Gebbia you know I really expected him since Wazoo ultimately would bring three four guys three four guys mainly and sit like drop a lot of guys back I expected him to you know break out of the pocket you know roll out they did do a lot of play action roll out maybe run for a couple yards but he just I think he tried to make too much happen and when you tried mm-hmm. to make too much happen you, you know results in sacks because obviously you know offensive lines can't hold forever and which will be very interesting next week because obviously the UW D-line is a big step up from the Wazoo D-line um, and linebacker play as well so it'll be crazy to see what he does next week I think he's gonna be panicking a lot which will result in a couple throws uh, honestly I could see a three interception day for Gabriel. you know I love the confidence so basically my last question and then you can feel free to cover anything I might have missed when asking you about this Beaver offense. Um, but is it fair to say, I mean, you just look, and we've mentioned the receiving core. We've mentioned Jamar Jefferson. Uh, you talked also about Luke Musgrave. And then there's Tegan Quatoriano, another tight end for the Beavs that's big and athletic. Is this like a, a sleeping giant offense that is just like quarterback play away from being pretty tough? Uh, and if not, what are some other weaknesses that the Huskies would be able to take advantage of? Yeah, I. I honestly do believe it is a sleeping giant ready to be awoken. Like, you know, last year they looked very potent, really sound, made a lot of plays, and they got almost everybody back, all their playmakers at least back, um, obviously besides quarterback. And, I mean, they just looked explosive last year. Like, they could put, they could run up the scoreboard, and I expected them to do it that this year, if not a little better. And then, obviously, we know what Jonathan Smith can do on the offensive side of the ball um, with what he did in Washington in 2016. And he has a lot of great playmakers here. Um, I do believe they're a quarterback away from being a very explosive offense. And it's really sad to see. Um, I, I I would be curious too, if they maybe, I don't know who their backups are, but if they have someone who they could bring in, um, try something else out because this offense has so much potential with just to look at the talent they have down the receiving tight end and obviously running back uh, depth chart. Yeah. Awesome. Jack, is there anything that I missed uh, or that you'd like to still cover on the offense? Yeah, yeah. I think there's one thing that um, I think that uh, Oregon State's really going to try and do next week against the Washington defense. Um, obviously, get the hand, obviously, give Jamal, Jamar Jefferson the rock running it, but I think they're going to really try and give him some screen passes as well. Um, let's not forget that this guy is super explosive in space. Last year uh, on catches, he averaged almost 10 yards uh, a catch. 
Um, so I think they're really going to try and use him in the, in the screen game as well, which could be dangerous, you know, uh, cause he can break some off and, you know, if you miss a couple tackles, which he's really capable of doing, um, it could be a long game, you know, last game against Wazoo, I thought they'd give him the, mo- the ball a little more in space. They only gave it to him five times re- resulting in 50 yards. Still very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's one thing that, you know, Husky fans need to be cautious of. Uh, in terms of what Oregon State can do offensively, besides just you know giving it uh, to Jefferson in a power formation. Awesome, yeah. We're well, moving on to the defensive side of the ball. Um, it was not a great performance for the Bees to be candid in their opener against Washington State. One of the only, I guess, positive plays that was on display uh, was Jaden Grant hauling in an interception for the Bees off of true freshman quarterback Jaden Delara. Otherwise. Um, the Cougs kind of had their way with Oregon State's defense um, running for more yards than they passed for in, in a rare Washington State turn of events. 227 yards passing, 229 yards rushing. And this was without Max Borgie as well. Dion McIntosh looked fantastic. Uh, just kind of going through this Oregon State defense. Up front, they're extremely young and not very big on the defensive line, at least that is the only returning starter up there uh, is Isaac Hodgkins, but he is only six feet tall and less than 270 pounds starting on the defensive line. Uh, In fact, if you look at both defensive end positions and the nose position for the Beavs, um, all six, I guess, of those players in their two deeps are under 300 pounds. Um, so that's something to consider. The Huskies, a big physical offensive line with three or four running backs that figure to be used heavily this year. I think that's something that Washington will look to exploit. You move on to the linebacker position, and this is where the Beavs have their star power, I would say, on defense, starting, of course, with Hamilka Rashid. He had 22 and a half tackles for a loss last year. Hamilka Rashid had two tackles against the Beavs, or against the Cougs. Yeah. Two tackles. Yeah. And, and then the other guys have a big game. Same. No, and like you, you need your marquee guy like that to step up, and he could not get pressure on Jane Delara. Um, Jane Delara had all day back there. And and then you look also, I mean, so that's one thing to consider. Hamilka Rashid, a great player. He's a guy who could have a fantastic second game for the Beavs and get right back on track. Uh, but he did not look like the 2019 Hamilka Rashid that we watched um, all of last year. And then you've got Avery Roberts and Omar Spates at inside linebacker. Both had really strong years last year. Similar to Eddie Ulafoshio and Jackson Sermon, they saw more playing time as the year went on and took advantage of it. Um, both of them preseason selections by Phil Steele uh, to get some sort of all Pac-12 honor. Um, ended up being that last week, um, Avery Roberts led the team in tackles with seven. He had a tackle for loss, and Omar Spates had five tackles with a half a tackle for a loss. But also being completely honest, like I did not think that they looked as good as they had in the past, specifically last year. Uh, Omar Spates uh, and Avery Roberts, both really talented players, but it looked like a lot of times um, they would kind of like, I don't know, get hit first, you know, and weren't able to kind of get in and fill holes in uh, I guess make life hard on Dion McIntosh and a Washington state offense that was short, their star running back. Um, honestly, they kind of just looked a step slow. Um, and that's why you got to see Dion McIntosh break into the level and rush for over a hundred yards on just 18 carries. 
Um, so both uh, the thing that's interesting about the Oregon State defense is if they are unable to wake up the likes of Hamilton Rashid or if Avery Roberts and um, Omar Spates don't return to form, I could see the Huskies running for 250, 300 yards on the Beavs. That said, these are two, or those are three people that could kind of step up their game next week and might make things a little harder on the Huskies to move the ball. Uh, and then lastly, you move into the secondary, some returning talent there. As I mentioned, uh, an interception made by Jaden Grant. He's their starting nickel. I actually played against Jaden Grant's brother in a pickup basketball game once, uh, and his brother called a foul on an entry pass, which was wild. That says nothing about <laughs> Jaden Grant as a football player, but I just thought I'd point that out on this podcast. Um Isaiah Dunn and Nashawn Wright are the corners. Nashawn Wright is, I think, a, a player that doesn't get enough recognition for what he brings to the table. He's a 6'4 corner. He had three interceptions for the Beavs last year. Um, so he's a guy to watch out for. Uh, yeah. And then Isaiah well, Dunn, also a starter in the secondary. Lastly, David Morris and Akili Arnold are the safeties. Arnold is new. Uh, he only played in four games last year. Um, yeah, but David Morris has started six games in his career, and he's, he's played a handful more than that. Uh, so that's kind of a breakdown of what the Beavs bring to the table here. So scheme-wise, I mean, you obviously mentioned that you expect uh, UW to pound the rock with Richard Newton, Sean McGrew. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think scheme-wise that Oregon State will try and do to stop the run? Because, I, I mean, I too, I do as well expect that Jimmy Lake's going to want to pound the rock um, on Oregon State, especially early on and wear a smaller defensive line out. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I think what the Beavs are going to do is, like – this is kind of a cliche canned answer, but I think it's a hundred percent true. They're going to use the likes of David Morris. Who's like a six, two, 215 pound safety. And they're going to bring him right up into the box next to his buddies. I like Omar Spates and Avery Roberts. And I think they're going to really kind of pack, I guess, between the tackles for the dogs and say, whoever it is at quarterback, I challenge you to throw over Nishan Wright um, to beat Isaiah Dunn, a returning starter at corner, Jaden Grant, a returning starter at nickel, uh, and, and really make the Huskies, I guess, earn it through the air um, by just putting a lot of bodies between the hash marks. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I expect to see from the Beavs. Um, yeah. And, and then I think I wouldn't be surprised to not necessarily dial up like blitzes, but try to get a little more creative. Uh, yeah. With like, I guess, run blitzes or dialing up different pressures, getting Omar Spates and Avery Roberts a little more involved by trying to actually get them into the backfield. Um organically, I think that's another thing that the Beavs are going to do as well. I I completely agree with that. Um, I think they will try and dial up some blitzes and plug some of those holes in the middle as well to stop mm-hmm. the game just because of what happened last week with Dion McIntosh. Ran all over them. And you saw Oregon State drop a lot of guys just coverage because they I think they're worried that they're going to get thrown on all the time. And rightfully so. I mean, that's what we've seen out of Wazoo in the last, you know, six, seven years. But, you know, this is obviously a new coach, new team. Um, but anyways, you mentioned some of their longer corners, uh, specifically Nashawn Wright. Um, do you think like the Huskies are going to try and challenge them deep over the air early on with specifically, you know, big play guys like Jordan Chin, um, maybe Ty Jones, Jake, maybe see a little Jalen McMillan. Do you think that's going to happen at all? Or do you think they'll wait, maybe try and run the ball more earlier on and then open it up through the air? Yeah, you know, I certainly think Washington early is just going to try to soften up the Beavs defense as much as possible, like you said, by running the ball, especially after watching the Cougs run for nearly 230 yards 
last week against Oregon State. I feel like the Huskies have to feel confident in their ability to do just about the same. Uh, so I think early on that'll happen. But as the Beavs that like we've kind of implied here on this podcast, they're going to be packing the box, trying to do everything they can to make the Huskies beat uh, the Beavs with their arms. Uh, I think we will see as the game goes on, whoever's under center, maybe after a couple easy completions, floating it up to Ty Jones or Puka Nakua and saying, hey, can you go get that for me? Uh, and then trying to move the sticks in 30, 40 yard chunks at a time downfield. Uh, but yeah, I'm expecting that might be a few drives into the game. I think early on the Huskies are going to have some long, ugly drives with Richard Newton and company. <laughs> I agree. You know, real bruisers back there at running back uh, dogs have, which could really pay some dividends to a uh, Oregon state defensive line. But you know, you mentioned guys like Avery, Ra- Avery Roberts, Omar Spates, Hemi Clark Rashid. Um, is there one guy that Husky fans probably need to know that, you know, might not be as sexy of a name for Oregon State, but who could really step up and make an impact or who has to make an impact uh, in order for this Oregon State defense to uh, go down and pull up the upset in uh, Seattle? Yeah, for sure. So I think one name, just not necessarily in terms of as much fanfare or yeah, kind of that appeal. Nishan Wright, we've mentioned a couple of times. He's a guy that wasn't mentioned uh, in any of the preseason awards for the Pac-12, um, which is interesting to me. He had three picks last year. He's six foot four and is a cornerback. He's a guy that I think uh, is a guy that the Huskies should be aware of, a guy that I think will need to step up, Obvious or other than the obvious ones like Hamilka Rashid, uh, Omar Spates, and Avery Roberts, who we've mentioned a few times, didn't have their A games against the Cougs. Um, I think that David Morris is one that the Beavs will need to rise to the occasion. Uh, again, a 6'2", 212-pound safety. He's a guy that will need to be active, not only in the run game, but also in pass coverage as well. Um, so yeah, if they're able to have some of their players return to form and a guy like David Morris click, it, it could end up being a pretty strong defensive performance for the Beavs. Yeah, um, it could be too, especially with the new offense um, under John Donovan and uh, Jimmy Lake. Uh, obviously first time head coach and new yeah. quarterback under center, lot to, lot to expect from this Washington team heading into a, a weekend matchup with, uh, Oregon state. Uh, Luke, is there one guy on off for the Huskies offense that you could really see making a big impact, you know, outside of maybe Richard Newton, who we said, we, we expect him to get a lot of carries, but one guy that could really torch this, this Oregon state defense. Yeah, you know, I think a guy that comes to mind, and this isn't necessarily a sleeper pick by any means, but especially as the Huskies will be looking to run the ball a lot, I think you'll see a guy like Kate Otten uh, potentially pick up maybe just three or four catches, but I could see some of those going for 15-plus yards just as you continue to pound like Richard Newton, Richard Newton, Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant, Cam Davis, uh, and then you have whoever's under center, stick it in Richard Newton's chest, but pull it out for play action. You've got uh, Omar Spates and Avery Roberts stepping up a little bit, looking to make a tackle in the backfield, and he flips it over the top to Kate Otten, who has his, uh, you know, just taped fingers, no gloves, throws a stiff arm and picks up like 25 tough, gritty yards. Um, Yeah, I think that Kate Otten uh, will, he's a guy who has a lot of expectations coming into this year, and I think he will live up to that hype against the Beavs. Yeah, tight ends actually have performed very well against Oregon State in the last couple of years. Um, Hunter Bryant. Huh? 
Hunter Bryant had a fantastic game last year, if I remember yeah. correct. I mean, yeah, he did have a fantastic game. Uh, Will Disley's performed well against him. Drew Samples had a couple good games against him. Uh, just, you know, I really think that is, you know, like you said, I think that's a great point to bring up because I think Oregon State is a big a big mismatch for UW in terms of that, you know, with the size UW has on the, in the tight ends, with smaller linebackers, you know, smaller defensive front. I really think that Kate Otten, in order to win the game too, has to have a fantastic game, you know, just dominating yeah. the scrimmage. I think – I think that's the number one thing the Huskies have to do. And if they can do that, I think they come out with a win. Certainly. Yeah. So Hunter Bryant, 90 yards on five receptions last year against the Beavs. Kate Otten had four catches of his own though. So now he'll be running the show. He might have nine. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Sweet. But, yeah. But I think it's going to be a, I, I think it could be closer at first too, especially with, uh, you know, the wheel's still a little rusty for the dogs. You know, they haven't had their first game yet. Yeah. But, uh, any keys for the game for you, Luke? Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, I think really just get comfortable. You know, I think just long, productive possessions. You don't necessarily have to score a touchdown every drive, but move the sticks a couple of times, rotate uh, the stable of running backs in healthily. Um, and then I guess you just make that small Oregon State defensive line feel the presence of the dogs up front early. How about yourself, Jack? Um, I think that if Washington really wants to win this game and wants to dominate this game, you have to make Tristan Gebbia beat you. Um, me, I, yeah. I wouldn't mind loading up, you know, a lot of guys in the box to stop Jamar Jefferson, and you know, let Gebbia beat you. Let him test corners, our corners one on one at the beginning, um, because I do believe that he will make some errant throws, and there will be some bad balls that have a lot of chance um, that could be up in the air for some interceptions. Um, it. If, if, if we sag back and let, um, you know, they play to the stats that we saw last game and, you know, they say, all right, Oregon State's going to throw the ball, just drop everybody in a sense. Jamar Jefferson could have a monster day. You know, uh, he's one of those running backs. If you give him three defensive linemen at the line of scrimmage, he's going to find a hole and he'll go for six yards uh, a pop. So allow Gebbia to beat you, force him to use his arm, and I think the dogs could have a great day. Absolutely. And, Jack, last thing, we did it for the first game, so I'm going to do it again. One, the Beavs just hammer the Huskies. Ten, the Huskies just hammer the Beavs. Five, it's a toss-up. What's your confidence interval? I'd probably say an eight. Yeah, I, I'm going to say an eight as well. I think you'd be hard-pressed to get me to go above an eight on anything, especially before I see the Huskies play. What was that? I said an eight's just a cold take waiting to happen. I mean, a nine's just a cold take waiting to happen. Exactly. Yeah, you can't be out here and be like, ten, hundred, zero dogs. You know? <laughs> I, I, I do feel I'm not as stressed as going into the, or I guess into the Cal game. You know, it's just one of those, oh man, Cal has got to, they've dominated us in the past. It's like, no, dogs have won eight straight against Oregon State. I, I, I firmly believe I expect it to continue. And I think the dogs, I feel confident that the dogs will have a good day. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, Jack, thanks for hopping on. Um, yeah, we're excited for you guys to listen to this podcast and then read our game preview as well. And then the predictions coming out on Friday. Uh, but until then, go dogs. Go dogs.